Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lethal Podcast. Uh, like I mentioned, we are about to start a quick sprint of podcasts where we focus on large and dangerous African game and uh, testimonials from people who have uh, used the kind of arrow systems that we talk about effectively. But before we jump into those episodes, we really wanted to bring you what is, in our minds, a very special interview with a gentleman named Michael Sabbath. Uh, Michael is a lawyer from Colorado who has been giving seminars on combating anti-hunters in a tactful and extremely effective manner. Uh, I won't say a ton here because he's going to explain it uh, all in the episode, uh, but rest assured this episode is incredible and it's something that all hunters need to hear not just the people who are interested in the kind of stuff that we talk about particularly. So if you have a hunting buddy or family or anyone in your life that hunts, send them the link to this episode because what Michael talks about is so important in keeping our sport alive, and I think that you will find a ton of value there. Um, as always, if you like the content, please drop us a quick review on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening, uh, and on Facebook too. It really helps us out with the exposure algorithm. Uh, and one last thing, please stick around for a minute or two after the interview is done uh, as I make a short statement on something that Michael says towards the end of the interview that I felt was very important. So I won't make you guys wait any longer. Here is our interview with Michael Sabbath, the Honorable Hunter. Okay, so uh, I missed out on a great seminar, uh, uh, apparently, uh, where you talked about what what was what was the name of the seminar again i really liked the name it was very eye-catching well i i I gave three but the one that you're probably it was referring uh, to is the seminar titled how to deal with a hostile media environment it was uh how how can you shoot those beautiful animals uh that um, was that was the the second okay yes okay how can you shoot those beautiful animals? How do we, we as a hunting community, yeah. stand up and defend our hunting, our community? Yeah. And how do we refute and challenge the arguments made against us? Yeah. And um, there were many things, many things I covered, which included how to do an analysis of the, the rhetoric that's used mm. against us. Mm-hmm. The actual words, such as um, trophy hunting. Mm. Now, what does that mean? And why is it? Why is that phrase so effective right. in turning people against hunting? Right. If you analyze it, if you analyze it factually, and if you analyze it morally. Mm-hmm. Trophy hunting has the greater virtue. Mm. It has the greater value. Trophy hunting is what helps preserve the animals, helps conserve. So I I go into that in some detail and uh, talked about an example of um, how to analyze an anti-hunting attack such as... um, we had right here at the Dallas Safari Club mm-hmm. in in uh, 2014, mm-hmm. when uh, the Dallas Safari Club was attempting to auction mm-hmm. a, a hunt for a black rhinoceros oh, yeah. in Namibia. Yeah, and the the attacks not only on hunting, <clears throat> but on the individuals. Mm. 
mm-hmm. the executives of Dallas Safari How could you be Club. involved with something like this? Yeah. But the viciousness we will do to you what you want to do to the rhino. Mm-hmm. We know where your children go to school. Right. We know where your wife works. This is serious stuff. Yeah. It was Angela, Angela Oxley mm-hmm. uh, who was leading it that that attack. But if you analyze the arguments that were made, mm-hmm. and if you analyze and evaluate what that hunting uh, auction would have done, right? What it did do because yeah. it was mm-hmm. successful. Didn't it go for like three hundred thousand? Three hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Terry Knowlton bought the hunt. I was at the banquet, and he was just three tables away. I asked him, uh, you know, can you can you bid another hundred thousand? I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't know you. I don't. Know <laughs> but um, the the points I made in my in that presentation, that speech to say earlier today, you take a look at what is going on. You take a look at what's actually happening. The money for that hunt was going to go to the conservancy that in which the animal lived. Right. The money was going to go to anti-poaching. Mm-hmm. The money was going to go to help build a better clean water system. It was going to go for schooling. And the fact that was most significant to me in determining the morality of the hunt most significant to me was the fact that that rhino that was selected had already killed five younger rhinos. Mm. So when Angela Oxley says, you know, this hunt is barbaric, I look, I'm a lawyer. And, oh, okay. and, 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 and I, I know that it's pointless to argue with somebody <laughs> whose living depends <laughs> whose living depends on disagreeing with you. Yeah, exactly. I understand that. <laughs> so if she calls it barbaric, okay. Yeah. You know, go in health. It's barbaric. Yeah. But let's and, and here's the point I try to make in the seminar in, in the presentation. If that is barbaric, let's understand what Oxley thinks is not barbaric. Mm, right. Not barbaric is more dirty water for the natives. That's not barbaric. Not barbaric is keeping alive a rhino that has already killed five younger ones. That's worth millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not barbaric is diminishing poaching. Mm. That's not barbaric to her. Right. And my point is that if we hunters are going to make the most effective defense for hunting, we must argue on a moral level. Mm. And in order to argue on a moral level, we must assess the morality of the people who are attacking us. And in this case, with this Angela Oxley and that being against the black rhino hunt auction, we can assess that she was, her position is very unethical, Mm. very immoral. And that is our most effective way of dealing with 
the anti-hunting. Yeah. That was one of the key points that I made. So, you know, you talk about trophy hunting. I mean, look at it this way. The most significant attack on trophy hunting goes like this. Are you eating, are you killing the animal to have food for sustenance or you just want to stick a trophy on your wall, stick a trophy in your cat? And if you examine the rhetoric, if you examine the framing of the issue, Mm-hmm. It's either A or B, right. yep. sustenance, or you're going to stick it on a wall. Yeah. And, which and is a, that's an argument that even within the hunting community that's right. gets you, thrown around. You made that point. And that's the part that's really tough about this for, for us is, yeah. you know, we have an interest in Africa, in Argentina, New Zealand, in enjoying all of this. Yeah. And there are people that anything outside of, you know, filling the freezer with venison is is trophy hunting yeah. is yeah. this it's, other thing. It's like trophy. Like, there's this imaginary line around the U.S., and once you leave it, that's all trophy hunting. Yeah. It's just wild to me. Well, you, you make a, a very fine point that has several levels. Mm-hmm. Number one is just the the human defect yes. mm-hmm. that that if it doesn't apply to me, it's not important. Exactly. Right? So those hunters who who take that attitude, look, I fill the freezer. Anything else is 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 a despicable, immoral act. They they regrettably are being foolish for not comprehending the larger picture. Right not comprehending that the attack will come next to them. They will oh, go yeah. after them. Yeah, they're not safe either. They're not safe yeah. exactly. Well, and that's if, if the big stuff goes away, then all of that funding, all of the conservation efforts that are tied to that goes away. Exactly. And now it trickles down. And yeah. now what's yeah, left? Once, they're, you once can't, they're done fighting... The other stuff, That's then they're exactly going right. to come exactly. here. Yeah. But, but all of that is absolutely correct, and I think it's very astute to, to, to see that. Additionally, what is troubling to me, because I, I pay attention to words. Mm-hmm. I, I give them value. I think about them. I, I, manip- I work with them. I try to choose the best words when anything I say. What those hunters do fail to grasp is the immorality of the attack on trophy hunters. Here's the question. Here's the question. What is the possible moral difference between I going out and shooting an animal so I can fill the freezer? Mm-hmm. As opposed to I going out, shooting an animal, donating the meat so someone else can fill his or her freezer. What is the possible moral distinction? What is the, there is there is none. There is one, so it doesn't matter. And I mean, on top of that, in a lot of these cases, like with some of your truly large game, you're not filling just one freezer. Yes. That's exactly right. You're you're filling a village's 
freezer yep. for months. Yep. That is exactly while, the point. While also putting money in their pockets as the trackers, as you know, helping with Scanners, the poaching, yeah. everything else. You're you're breathing life into those areas. Yep. In in the, the 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 presentation I gave after that one mm-hmm. was with this exquisite lady, Danine Van de Vestheisen, who's from Namibia. And she is the uh, professional, she is the the director of the professional, I'm sorry, the Namibia Professional Hunters Association. Oh, wow. She is a giant in African mm-hmm. hunting. We need to track well, her down. You had mentioned <laughs> that it was one of her facilities that had the rhino. That's right. Right? That's okay. exactly oh, right. And yeah. I, I saw the rhino at one of her ranches that was auctioned in 2017 mm-hmm. but it was not a public auction yeah it was private a few phone calls yeah okay they you know why go through the brain damage right? yeah exactly yeah. but one of the points that she made when this nasty and i think dishonest interviewer emma barnett from the british broadcasting corporation mm. said well do you do you eat the elephants and Deneen responded forcefully she said, yes, the elephants in the Caprivi part of Namibia, that, that, that's the major source of protein for an entire village. Right. It's exactly yeah. your point. Yeah. It's exactly what you said. But in, in addition, one of the points that I made was we in the hunting community have allowed the anti-hunter to define trophy hunting mm. in terms of the intent of the hunter mm. instead of the consequences of the hunt. We have allowed them to frame the moral terms. Mm-hmm. And this has a terrible, terrible consequence. Yeah. A terrible. So one of my arguments is we take back the language. Yep. We take back the framing. We become the ones that... That do the framing. Yeah. So. Go on I, offense instead of play defense. Because once you go on offense, then you control the language. Yep. And you control the debate. Yes. And then when you have a debate, it's on your terms. Yep. Not the terms of the anti-hunter. Yeah. And I've been speaking years and years. I don't you see this? Don't you see what I'm. Yeah. And so little by little. Yeah. I guess it has value because people show up at my talks and I get invited to speak around the world yeah. to some degree. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. We need need more of you if you ask, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as 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 somebody who uh who has a uh pre law degree and then didn't use it, uh <laughs> that's been uh It's not too late. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I still could go back. I still could go back. <laughs> Now, I think the world of uh, law for IT is starting to kind of open up for technology law, yeah. and I, I work in IT now, so maybe I'll go back and do that. Uh, but Get yeah, those I, billable hours. In oh, that's, oh I'm, I'm, I'm billing all right. I'm billing. Um, so, uh, yeah, and that's kind of been – you need to take it? No, it's not oh, Okay. Okay. I, yeah. Uh, as, you know, when when these kind of scuffles have, like – happened on online when something happens you yeah. know, when cecil happened or the black rhino happened i i, I had multiple what i sought out statuses like when like local like either in bbc or local 
news outlets will post it on their Facebook page. I would go to those statuses or go to those you know posts, yeah, posts. And, and, and and make a comment saying, "Hey, like I am on this side of the fence with this issue. Like I am willing to have a conversation, like a civil conversation." with anyone who wants to have it. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I, I'm not saying that I changed a bunch of minds, but I know I had a couple people that started commenting on there. And when you kind of, when like you said, you take that language and you start flipping it on, on its head and making them answer those kind of questions, then it makes them think. It makes their gears turn as opposed to them just like receiving an answer from you in, in defense. Well, how could it be otherwise? Right. How could it be other way? Do we have time? Can I tell you a story? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have all the time. <laughs> Coincidentally, I was visiting Benin in Namibia. And I was staying at one of her ranches, the one where I actually saw these black rhinos. Mm-hmm. Unrelated to all of that, Benin had as guests... About 20, 25 glider pilots okay. hmm. from Europe. I think one was from South America. I think one was from uh, Ireland. Who would have known that Namibia has the best air in the world <laughs> for flying gliders? Huh. Who would have known? <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't know that. that. So <laughs> I found out today. Yeah, today. Just now. <laughs> so, so, so Deneen and her husband built several airstrips mm-hmm. and a big command center and so on and hangars and whatnot. That's neat. It's remarkable. I mean, it's really putting your, your, your nuts on the line to go invest. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and so there were these people, and I met many of them, and I liked them very much. Mm-hmm. Well, one man asked me what I was going to talk about in Windhoek in two days. Mm-hmm. And he was... A very elegant man. He is a surgeon mm. from Poland. Mm-hmm. And since he owns one of those planes, those things are about $300,000 U.S. Yeah. I deduce that he's a person of some means. Yeah. You know, it yeah. could be. Maybe he robbed a bank. I don't know. <laughs> but um, he asked me, what will you be talking about? So I decided to do an experiment mm-hmm. and to try to see if I can have an impact on his thinking. And I told him what I was doing, and I asked him some pointed questions Mm -hmm. that required a yes or no answer, Mm -hmm. what you call a binary choice. Mm -hmm. Do you want more rhinos or fewer? Do you want more anti-poaching protection or less anti would you prefer that these natives that you Europeans love so much, that they have cleaner water or dirtier water? And on and on. Maybe ten questions. And then I told him about that hunt and the, where the money was going to go. But I structured the description in terms of showing how this hunt advanced his own values. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. This hunt advanced his values, his preconditioned values. And this is what he said to me, and I'm telling you, it's word for word because I'll never forget it. And it was brief. He said, Michael, 
I am not a hunter. And I oppose hunting. But one must have an open mind. I would support this hunt. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So a lot of it, as you, each of you were saying, has to do with how you frame and how you speak. You don't attack them by saying you're the lowest form of scum. You know, you oppose uh, hunting a rhino. Right. Um, it, 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 regrettably, it takes some skill. Sure. Yeah. Regrettably, it takes some practice. Regrettably, you have to prepare. Yeah. So there's work. Yeah. But if you put in the work, I think that's how we hunters can be very successful. Yeah. This was an anti-hunter. Yeah. And and he agreed, at least in this one instance, and I know if I can get him to agree on one, I can that get can him expand. to agree yeah. on many. Yeah. yeah. He's open-minded. And the thing that I, I really kind of took away from the seminar that I was at with you was exactly what you just kind of described, but focusing on the consequence. Yes. And not removing that intent because for for us, it doesn't matter why, you know, why someone is wanting to do this. Yeah. We're looking at what it's going to do, what the result will be. Isn't that the more intelligent way to go? It it is. Isn't that the more moral way? It, it removes the emotion from it. And honestly, in, in most cases, the the anti-argument is pure emotion and an emotional response based on, you know, what their perceived view of wildlife is, which we all know wildlife is not pretty. Wildlife is not nature this is, like it's not Bambi. Is exactly. Yeah. Nature is not brutal. Bambi. Yeah, it's, nature is it's brutal. It's a brutal neighborhood for those animals. They get ripped apart. They get alive. taken down, uh, <laughs> ripped apart alive. They have disease. They have the starvation. They have injuries. Uh, it's a brutal world. It's not like having a delicatessen in Manhattan. Yeah, it's it's a rough neighborhood. Yeah. Um, what I, among other things, try to convey is good intentions are morally meaningless. Hmm. Morally meaningless. I would rather somebody have good intentions mm. than bad intentions. But the fact that you have good intentions is morally meaningless. Right. What matters is what you do with them. What matters is the consequence. Yeah. That's what matters. Um, well, I mean, yeah, for an example, like, you know, the with the anti- arguments or whatever or when the with the attacks like right. they have the good intention of protecting animals yeah. but then they threaten people's lives in order to do it it's or like, that's or, not how this or the or the that. result the consequence yeah. of the way that they're trying to go about it is less animals right and it doesn't exactly. ma- it doesn't matter they that they had a good intention yeah, because the because consequence is there are no more elk uh, you, there yeah. are no more elephants you, you remove all the funding you right. remove the value from the animal yeah. And now nothing is done. Here's one of the examples. I repeated it in each of the two talks this afternoon. Here's a question for you. Do you brush your teeth? Yes. Do you brush your teeth? Do you ever change the oil in your car? Yep. Every 3,000 miles. Why do you do it? Because your teeth have value. 
the car has value. Mm. You invest in creating value, you will have more of it. Mm. Do you have a collection of used fast food cardboard boxes? <laughs> a collection? No. Why? They have no value. The most fundamental of all fundamental laws of economics is when you give something value, you get more of it. When you take away value, you have less of it. Yes. Why in the world would hunting be the only exception yeah. to this most fundamental law of all fundamental laws yeah. of economics? Why would hunting be different? Yeah, well, and that not. ties in directly with a conversation that I've had with someone in the past. It was actually back when Cecil was more prevalent. Yeah. And it was in regards to the value of, of the animals in those regions. Right. Where, so if you don't have hunters going after lions and predatory animals, now... The farmers in that area are still needing the population controlled. They're going to take care of the problem themselves. There will be no value on that animal, and everything starts disintegrating. Well, the entire after, after that situation, didn't they have to cull like two hundred and some lions in that area because yeah. no one could, no one That's would right. go hunt there, and yeah. they were worth nothing. Yeah, they yeah. were worth they, and, nothing. Came of it, and they slaughtered them. Yeah, yeah. they slaughtered them, yeah. and. And, and and your words actually are almost identical to what Deneen said in the third presentation. Oh, there almost you go. Almost identical. <laughs> now, I can tell you, 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 your listeners, if I may, you know, I will have <clears throat> the transcript of yes. My, yes. Second, my second speech mm -hmm. and my third speech. The first one, how can you kill those beautiful animals? And then the third on the analyzing a hostile media mm -hmm. and the interview with Emma Barnett and Deneen van der Westhuizen. And, and my website is thehonorablehunter.com. Yep. Perfect. And we can add yeah. that into the description so the there's a link. Thehonorablehunter.com. So those transcripts, I, I, changed, I changed my second speech. I tinkered with it quite a bit. Sure. So I wouldn't post it now. But when I get back to Denver, maybe Tuesday night, Wednesday, I'll, yeah. I'll post it and I'll I'll send you gentlemen anything you want. You Perfect. Know? Yeah. I, I'd be so delighted. I I I'm I'm so pleased that you found value in what I had to say. Yeah. You know, and that you're taking your time and you think I have something useful. I I think I have something useful, but you oh, can yeah. be delusional. Oh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's going to become that you know essentially what you're talking about is going to be something that's even more so important with our generation mm -hmm. because we our generation as a whole sucks at talking to people because we're yeah. such an internet ba exactly exactly we're such an internet ba based generation bunch of keyboard warriors that you know that don't that you know when it comes time to sit down and to to chat with someone to have dinner with somebody and to mm -hmm. talk face to face with them you can't do it yeah. and, Wait, and you definitely and, can't like there's no there's no meaningful discussion. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. It's not discussions. It's just an argument that gets nowhere, and you right. just keep it's going just around that yeah. same table. Yeah. It's just yeah. argument. But yeah, the way that a lot of people like to argue, you can't do in person. So then you just don't talk about it, and then That's you right. go home yeah. and stew. Yeah, and That's exactly. That's probably why right. we don't have court online. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook. There, there was a uh, a cartoon. It may not technically be a cartoon, but you call it whatever you want. It was a, a, a graphic, a cartoon of 
five or six young children, 10, 11, 12 years old, um, sitting on the porch of a home, and each of them was looking at their iPad, their, their iPhone, yeah. looking at the phones. No one is talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the caption was, children playing outside. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Well, I'll, yeah. never, I'll never forget like a time when uh, I, I lived in Denver and I didn't really know anybody. And I would always get off work really late, and uh, I might I might be crucified for this, but the Applebee's that cl- that was really close to me uh, yeah. had a really good happy hour, like at the end of the evening. Yeah. So I'd stop in like quite a bit, probably a bit more than I should have, and and but there were like these same three or four guys, and we would sit there and we would talk politics for hours. Yeah. And and it was it was very refreshing because it was it was like the height of the like the 2012 like election, like all sorts of crazy stuff was going on. And and one of the guys who was a little bit older than I was, I was young twenties at the time, and and he said he said I really like this because this is how like this country started, yeah. like guys that were like sitting in a tavern and they were like, that's exactly we, right. We can do yeah. better. Like yeah. like let's sit around and chat about well, this. Well, and having an actual discussion, yes, and debate, yes. That's no one knows how to debate anymore. Yeah, you can't. Like, Michael might. <laughs> yes, I, I I believe so. <laughs> but so many people take, like, if if I make a statement, they take it to be an, a personal attack, mm-hmm. and then they shut down or just become pure emotion with no logic. Right. And you can't. There, no progress can be made. Right. No, neither side. Yeah. Makes any headway. Yeah. Uh, and ironically enough, where we kind of got the inspiration from this shirt, yeah, coming from it, Steven, where a, the entire point of the Change My Mind series is to sit down with somebody, have, have, a, have a discussion, and and continue. Which yeah, and, has worked. There yes. has been multiple phenomenal discussions yeah, this weekend. It's been really good. It's been really good. What one one of the key points, and maybe we could you know end it on on, on this. Yeah. <clears throat> one of, one of the key points I make, I, I I believe it's a key point. Who knows? Truth does not advance itself. Hmm. Logic and morality do not advance themselves. They have to be discussed. They have to be persuaded. Reality is absolutely irrelevant unless you can persuade somebody that reality is important. Mm -hmm. Look at the debates that are going on in our our politics. Look what's happening with the, the, the House of Representatives. Truth and morality in, in this postmodern age are, are not highly valued. Right. Now, applying it to the hunting community, either we make it valued or it all disappears. Yeah, exactly. And once it's gone... It's not coming back. It's never coming back. Yep. And the people at PETA and the people in New York's Upper East Side, they'll never miss it. Yeah, and they, they will never miss. And they'll else. look at a YouTube video and see, gee, those were pretty. Yeah, right. But, but they'll never miss it. The people who will miss it are the ones that love the animals, the ones that it. interact. Yeah. They're actually experiencing all of it in person. The ones, instead of going to a supermarket and saying, I'll have a filet mignon or a New York strip steak, which is nice, we go out and do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And those who oppose hunting, and maybe this is a, a, an interesting and important point, those who oppose hunting 
but go to the supermarket. They are doing nothing other than outsourcing yeah, yeah. their immorality yep, yep. to somebody else. Exactly. Yep. It's a disconnect. It's ex- that's the way a, a what they call a. Um, it was a disconnect, but there's another adjective that goes in front. In any event, you're absolutely right. It is a disconnect. Yeah. And, and and I believe it is driven by moral smugness, by an addiction to some ideal that is not in any manner a reflection of reality. Right, for sure. But a, a need, a deep need within whatever stands for the soul of these people, a deep need to give the appearance of being morally superior. Yeah. That they are somehow mm-hmm. better people yep. than you or I who are knuckle-dragging, sister-marrying, <laughs> you know, schleps that go and kill a, a beautiful animal. Mm-hmm. And I would say that if if they were to accomplish their goal of getting hunting outlawed and then everything gets poached or killed or something, they're going to die off because there's no more money. Yep. It would be we'll gone. Get blamed. It would be gone in three weeks. And that's exactly. Hunters will exactly. still get blamed at the yeah. end. Hunters so will be blamed. Either we got to get in front of it and keep it from happening or that is, we're catching the flack no matter what. That's so. a yeah. very fine point. Yeah. It's a very fine point you make. The hunters will be blamed. Because, you know, their argument because will, at there. that point, well, yep. well we're yeah, there. there. It was too late. It was too late. Right. And their point will be, yeah. well, you hunted them until it, came, yeah, until it came to a point where we had to stop you, and it was too late by that yeah. point. Yeah. So. There's always an argument. Yeah. yeah. It could be morally obscene, oh. yeah. but there's always an argument. Yeah. It, it, ignore the loss of environment. Ignore yeah, yeah. Ignore, ignore the growth of the cities. Ignore all the people that, you know, want to be super anti, but... Well, Michael, and then they want you to live in, or they want to live in cities. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. Well, well, Michael, I can't, I can't thank you yeah. enough for coming thank you so on. Much. Oh, it's uh, my honor. Uh, uh, one last time, where, where can they, where can they find your stuff at? Well, there's the website, thehonorablehunter.com. Okay. My name is Michael Sabbath, S A B B E T H, and I lecture in many, many places. And um, I congratulate you, folks. <laughs> Thanks. No, truly, truly, <laughs> not just because you want to listen to me, which, of course, is very good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that you find this valuable. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's uplifting to me that you find this valuable. It yeah. is not in so, vain. No. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks, for, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate yeah. it. So I'm kind of going off script here. This is something I've never really done before in any of our episodes, but Michael made a point towards uh, the end of the interview that I thought was really important. He said that truth, morality, and logic do not advance themselves. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to kind of hammer that home because he articulated in a very quick and efficient manner something that maybe we haven't been able to do yet um in why we are doing this podcast uh i believe and i believe i uh can say this for the other hosts as well for garrett and rob that uh there is uh truth morality and logic to the kind of stuff that we teach and educate on and uh obviously you know we 
we have the uh, other foundations like the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation and a handful of other people that are uh, working towards this. So um, next time anyone maybe questions why you shoot the kind of equipment you do, uh, you know, don't be don't be scared. Don't be scared to uh, step up and talk about it. And uh, maybe if you don't have uh, uh, all the information, refer them to our podcast and uh, and have them reach out to us if they they want to have any uh, type of discussion on that. But anyway, I thought that was really interesting. And even though he was speaking about that in a different context, it made a lot of sense in the context of why we're doing this as well. So anyway, have a good one. I think we might be changing the sign off. So disrupt the status quo.